yesterday I needed a little bit of magic. And so I watched one or maybe two or more of uh, the episodes of Disney's Happily Ever After on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is a show, if you're not familiar with it, that follows couples around that are getting married at one of the Disney theme parks. Disneyland, Disney World, Animal Kingdom, whatever. Um, and it you get caught up in the stories, even for just a little while, if you can suspend the imagination of just how much these um, weddings are costing these people. That's the point of the series. You fall in love with these couples. Find yourself rooting for them to have this magical day together. These days uh, that some of them have been saving really hard for. Um, for a moment, you suspend the practicality of all of this and you believe in the hope and the possibility. You believe in the story that's being created for you. You believe in what is possible for these people, but also possible for us. Sometimes we just need to believe that magic and hope and love exist in the world so that we might be able to experience it too. Sometimes we need to believe that love can really conquer it all. At the end of one of the weddings I watched, the um, the one presiding said, you may now kiss each other and begin your happily ever after. And we know that's not true. I'm not married and I know that's not true. Um, but when it comes to a wedding and marriage, um, in that moment, whether it's a Disney wedding or, or someone else's, we do believe that anything is possible. Um, we hope for all of the greatest things for this couple because it matters that true love is possible in the world. We hope and hold on to hope. Uh, we believe and hold on to hope when we hold a newborn baby. We hold that tiny life in our arms and we believe that anything is possible for them. And when they reach out for us or smile at us for the first time, we are completely done for. True, unending love swells up inside of us. Nothing else matters for that moment. We know that that's just a, a point in a timeline of our experience with that kid. There will be a dirty diaper within a matter of hours, but it doesn't matter in that moment. Nothing else matters because right here, something so wonderful has happened that, that it shapes and changes everything else. Life is rarely tied up in an easy bow. We celebrate this one moment, the wedding, the new job, the baby being born, the start of a new church, the, the award that's won. Because even though, though we know there's more to come, for this moment, everything changes. It's a pivotal moment. The moment that makes all kinds of new things possible. Mark does things differently. We have talked about that since January. He does not give many details. He's not a warm and fuzzy in his description of things. If you want the warm and fuzzy, go to John. Um, Mark has been very scant on the details. He lingered on the holy week, the last week of Christ's life. But, but then once he's dead, there is very little in his resurrection story in the book of Mark. He doesn't give the details. Um, this morning, we, we joined this group of women as they head to the tomb. Because of the Sabbath, they had not been able to tend to the body of their friend like they normally would have. 
But here they are. The moment that the sun has risen, uh, marking the end of Sabbath, they are heading out to care for the body of their beloved friend. They're still overwhelmed with grief. Maybe the scenes they'd seen, the body of their beloved friend and teacher, beaten and bleeding, kept playing through their mind. Maybe the sounds of the crowds jeering and calling at him. Looking on the other side of the story, Mark has been really careful to show us how Jesus predicted this was coming. But these women don't have the benefit of that right now. This seems to have come out of nowhere for them. He was just healing people. The crowds were following him. They'd been praising him just a few days before, and now he's gone. In the light of the day, they make their way to the tomb. They're worried about what they would do when they got there. They heard it was being secured by Roman guards. Would would the guards even let them do their rituals? Uh, Who would move the stone away from the entrance for them? They're surprised when they get there and the stone is rolled away. There are no guards. Um, And then they walk into the tomb and they find that Jesus's body is gone. I love this general description um, that it is uh, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. I I love that it says that he was on the right side Um, and they were alarmed. I mean, I I know he wasn't in a bathrobe, but every time I read it, that is what I imagine. It's just some young dude sitting in the tomb with a white bathrobe on. Hey, he's not here. (laughs) I know that's not what it's referring to. But no matter what the scene looked like, it would have been alarming for these women. He tells them not to be surprised or worried. I know who you're looking for, he says, and, and he's not here. Look right there. That's that's where he was. He's not there anymore. He's risen from the dead. Scripture tells us that they leave terrified and confused. They've been given a message to tell the disciples. But but at least at first, they don't talk to anyone on the way home because of their fear. What if someone thinks that they took Jesus's body? Who Who knows he's gone right now? What did that guy mean that Jesus had risen from the dead? Who would believe what they had seen? And not seen and heard. Everyone would think that they were crazy. And where was Jesus at? And then Mark ends with this kind of cliffhanger right here. In your text, if you've got your Bible open, it probably has multiple other endings, like the longer ending of Mark, that are possible. Um, Those were added later because it was such an uncomfortable way to end this resurrection story that authors later on, um, because that was... um, it was not considered like plagiarism or anything wrong. They, they were sure that Mark would have wanted to add these things. Um, you know, in this time, uh, authors would sound intentionally like other authors would write in their name um, as a way to honor them. And this is what we believe happened in Mark is that these were added later. The oldest copies of the text of Mark that we have don't include this last these last endings. It just ends awkwardly. With these women unsure 
of what they've seen and experienced. We do have at the end of eight that uh, they told briefly to those around Peter. <laughs> All of that, they told him briefly what they'd seen. They'd just been to an empty tomb, and they just told them briefly what had happened, like it was in passing or something. It's like a song that ends in a weird, wonky minor chord that you just want them to settle it right. It's like a book or a movie that does not have a good resolution at the end, um, or at least the one you're hoping for. Have you ever gotten to a book that you've been working on reading for months or weeks or however long it takes you to read, and um, you get to the end and you're like, ugh. That is not how that story was to end. Like, I feel like I wasted my whole time. Um, and you just get so frustrated. That's, that is like how Mark ends this resurrection sort of story. But we know a little bit more about this kind of feeling, this uncomfortable ending, that minor chord, terrible ending of a book. Um, we know that feeling more than normal these days. We're smack dab in the middle of a self-isolation for a pandemic. Who would have thought that when this year started, um, this is how we would be starting the new decade? I know there's a thousand memes about that. Um, we don't know exactly what will happen uh, in the next coming months, but we have a better idea. There will be more diagnoses. There will be more lives lost. There will be more jobs lost. There will be a world on the other side of this moment that is forever changed. And it's not just the pandemic that creates grief in our lives, that creates challenges. Um, we've just shared prayer requests um, that life continues to go on. The rest of life still happens too, and, and this is just added on top of it. Right now, though, we're in this place, walking away from the tomb with the glimmer of hope that maybe what the angel, the young guy, maybe what he said is true. Just like the glimmer of hope and possibility of the new baby, the first married kiss, the new job, the, the new church, and on and on. There's the hope that things will never be the same in a good way. There's the hope that the impossible can be possible. Our world can be turned upside down in a good way. We can believe that because it has happened before, it will happen again. And it happened on Easter. The good news is still the good news. Even when we're not sure how it will work out. Even when we don't have all the answers. Even in the uncomfortable not knowing. The good news is still the good news. And this morning we have good news. Faith and hope is not about, oh, well, there, did that, it's done. Nothing about Jesus' life and ministry would point to that. Nothing about scripture points to that. Next week, we will have a more official sending out that, than Mark has here. But this morning, we just sit with these two women who have witnessed horrors they never thought possible in the past week and now are afraid and excited all at the same time. We walk with them back to see the disciples to share what they've seen. We walk with them as they talk to each other, not not sure and, and wanting to check and still processing. I can imagine them asking each other, like, I mean, you saw that guy, right? Like, I didn't just make him up. Like, there, there was a guy sitting there in the tomb. 
And and Jesus was gone, right? Who do you think rolled the stone away? And, and could it really be that Jesus rose from the dead and is alive again? There is no satisfying end to their situation here in Mark's text. At this point in the story, they don't even know if they will see Jesus again. If what they just heard would even be proven. They didn't know if the disciples would believe them. And, and in fact, in the other Gospels, they don't believe the women. They think they're crazy. In this time, we are reminded that we need saving. We need something to happen outside of ourselves. We are seeing the very best of humanity and I believe the worst of humanity on display in an intense way right now. And in all of this, we are reminded that we are human. We see the limits of our possibilities and we see the capabilities for our evil. Physically, we're reminded of our limits. That's what makes this scary. It, it feels like something is waiting to pounce every time you have to go out and get groceries. With asthma, I'm reminded um, every time there's one of these commercials that I am one of the most vulnerable. And I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like constantly being reminded about how vulnerable I am. But that is the gift of the season. I am reminded of my humanity all around and this this reminder that that I need saving. I cannot hold up the charade that we as people are just a little lesser than gods. I mean, we just need to lean into our potential. We are reminded of how little of all of this we can control. Today, all is not perfect. We know that we are surrounded by much that would not call for a celebration. We still celebrate the resurrection because in this act, this act of dying and rising again, we have hope. We have something to celebrate. We have the promise that this is not how it will all end. We have the hope that we serve a God that came down in human flesh and showed us how to live. We celebrate that even death, what feels like the end of everything, is not the end. Can we let this place, this place of not knowing how this will end, what will become of any of us? And, and just like the women who visited the tomb, can, can we hang on to the promise that maybe all of this is as incredible as it sounds? Can we just sit with the hope and the promise with the bubbling joy of anticipation to see what God is really at work doing? Can we believe that the absolutely impossible is possible? Can we believe this morning that, that Jesus has risen and nothing will ever be the same? Can we believe that because Jesus has risen, the worst thing is never the last thing? Today, the guy is sitting in the robe, in the tomb, and saying to us, Why are you here? Why are you sad? Why are you anxious? Why are you spending time lingering in the place of death? Jesus has risen. Amen. Before we have this scene of the resurrection, Jesus had just gathered all of his friends to celebrate the Passover together. The Passover meal was 
is something that our Jewish friends still celebrate today, and it is to mark uh, God um, saving the Israelites um, from under the Egyptian control, and um, and he gathered his friends together for a final meal. They don't know it's their final meal, but Jesus does. And just like anybody who is doing something for the last time, he wanted to he wanted to market, he wanted to give them things to keep holding on to because he knew that what was about to happen. He knew what was on the other side of this. He wanted them to remember their experiences together. He wanted to remember all the things that he taught them. He wanted them every time they came together to be reminded of what Jesus was about to do. Um, He wanted them to be reminded of the importance of all of this. And so he looked at the table, looked at what would be at every table that these disciples would know, and he gave them significance by saying, this is my body and this is my blood. I would love to take a minute For you to share, if you would like, especially if you've put some thought um, into uh, what you have this morning around um, and what is important and good for your family. um, What are you using for communion this morning? What is on your table that you are choosing to um, use as the elements this morning that mark the remembrance of Jesus? Okay. <laughs> we have a Hawaiian roll oh. and apple juice. <laughs> Colfers, is that some of uh, bre- yummy bread that Kristen has made? Okay, somebody else. 